Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. To Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 136 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Jack Michaels is going to join us in 29 seconds time on the uh, show. Uh, Dave Campbell as well to wrap up the last half hour in a busy day. Uh, we'll have ongoing uh, draft coverage uh, from uh, Dallas uh, in the building that will commence today at uh, 4 p.m. Edmonton time. 6.30 Chad's NHL draft coverage brought to you by, powered by, Fast Track Indoor Karting. It's adrenaline pumping. It's safe. It's fun. Fast Track Indoor Karting. Edmonton.ca. Bob Stoffer with you. Again, we just had Jerry Johansson, the agent for Milan Lucic on the show, point blank. I asked uh, Jerry if uh, uh, he had uh, requested a trade uh, 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 by on behalf of Milan Lucic uh, from the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, Jerry Johansson saying, I have not had that co- uh, conversation with Peter adding that Milan is 100% ready to come back and play, and he's going to be back with the Oilers, saying he's always been an Oilers since the day he signed. That is Jerry Johansson, uh, the agent uh, for Milan Lucic. We'll bring aboard Jack Michaels. Jack, it's uh, you know, it's interesting at this time of the year, isn't it? You always hear lots of different things. Well, and lots of variances on a similar theme. I mean, uh, it's interesting that Jerry said Milan had never asked for a trade. Uh, but, you know, then again, you know, there's still, as you know, in this, in the hockey world, there's still shades of gray as, as you know, what, what's the difference between asking for a trade and, and being open to a move? I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's where people who've said that previously have an out, have an escape hatch. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Oh yeah. Like, well, I didn't, I didn't say he asked for a trade, but I, I, you know, there've been reports that he's been open to a move. Well, that, you know, so it, it's, and that's what happens when you have, uh, the, the variance of language, uh, the confluence of rumors and innuendo and, and certainly, uh, Milan Lucci just been in the news a lot, especially considering Bob, here's a player that I, that I don't see moving. I, I, I think the contract's one thing. I think the situation is another where, you know, why would Edmonton necessarily sign high and, and then, and then move him, you know, when his, when his stock is not at the highest right now. And then the third thing, and I think the most important thing is, you know, Milan Lucic has a body of work, and then there's one season. And the the outlier is the season in which he performed poorly. It's not as though he's had several bad years and then had one good year, which prompted Edmonton to sign him. So you have to look at the body of work a little bit. And that's, you know, that's why I think – you know, quite frankly, and I know you and I have talked a bit about this last, you know, last night and on several occasions in and around this show, is that what the Oilers are trying to do as a team, let alone Lucic, is put a body of work together that will, you know, entice, 
you know, future free agents, future prospects to be excited about the possibility of joining the organization long term because it's an organization that makes the playoffs on a regular basis. Right now, 11 out of 12, the outlier would seem to be 2017. And I think moving forward, that's what the Oilers want to change as a team, perception-wise, and put together a body of work where they're a consistent contender. Jerry made an interesting point, Jack. He said, you know, I, I've got Brent Seabrook and I, I've got uh, Kerry Price, and they both had bad years, uh, you know, and their teams had tough seasons too. Uh, it, it, the fact is it happens. A player doesn't have a great year every season. Geez, there's a guy, Alexander Ovechkin, who, if I'm not mistaken, this year won the Rocket Richard Trophy, led a team to the Stanley Cup. I'm trying to think, was it a couple of years ago he only only scored 32 or 33 goals? You know, this is a right, guy that, 32. I think he had 32 in 82 games or something close to that. Right. And there were, there were thoughts that maybe, you know, he was on the back nine of his career. And he, by, by reports, I mean, again, depending on what you want to believe, right. got lighter, got quicker, enabled him to compete more often in both ends of the ice. And, you know, all of a sudden you've got a Stanley Cup championship. Uh, and, and maybe a better example, though, a slightly different player, because I, I certainly assert he's a better skater than Milan Lucic, is a guy from Ithaca, New York, who uh, really struggled, not for one year in Los Angeles, but for four or for five, five, you know? Yeah. And then Dustin Brown. Yeah. And Dustin Brown plays, you know, for, for many years. And I, I don't think it's many in the last three or four, to be honest with you, but for many years he played a Milan Lucic type of game without having a Milan Lucic type of body. So there was exceptional wear and tear. Many people thought he was done. Quite frankly, Bob, I'm not sure you and I weren't on that list. I mean, I think I think if you and I were both being completely honest with one another, we kind of felt like the ship had sailed with Dustin Brown because yep. it had been three and four and five years. You, you, you were just thinking, alright, this is the kind of player he is now. Well, you know, Dustin Brown obviously reinvigorated uh, with John Stevens coming up aboard, and he wasn't the only one on the Kings. I, I think there were several players who felt liberated to take a few more chances, and part of that, not just John Stevens, but having Jonathan Quick healthy and back to absolute all-star form. And when you have confidence in your goaltender behind you, it, it liberates everyone. And I think I think the, the combination of the coaching change, and when you've got strength down the middle in hockey with Fenner Ice and Andre Kopitar also returning to form, uh, it's easy to see why Dustin Brown was able to bounce back and have the kind of year he is. And there's no reason to think with, Edmonton's top two centers being Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, that Milan Lucic, there's no reason to believe that he can't find success with one of those two players and at the very least get back to a 16 or 17 goal, 45 point type of season. If he puts, let's say, 17 goals, 28 assists on the board, protects his teammates, and is a factor in two-thirds of the games, Bob, no one's going to be talking as much about that contract a year from now. All right. Very quickly, Jack, uh, Barrett Hayden. Uh, I've talked to multiple individuals over the last uh, 12 hours or so, and Barrett Hayden is rising as we speak. Do you envision him being there at number 10 if uh, uh, when the Edmonton Oilers select? 
I think there's a chance he will be there at number ten, and I think the Oilers. I've, I've, you know, we as as the draft has moved along, and I know you were at the combine. We both had slight leans. I think at at, at one point you had a slight lean toward uh, Ty Smith in terms of a hunch yeah. whom the Oilers would take, and I've always had a slight lean that uh, just a hunch that they might take the center Iceman. Uh, I actually, uh, you know, he was working out. He's actually staying at the same facility we are here. Uh, and I thought it was kind of cool. He's getting in a, a nice draft day workout before obviously, uh, expected to go in the first round. Bob, I, you know, I can't, I guarantee we're going to have one guy go in the top eight that we didn't think would go in the top eight. And we're also going to have a guy that we thought would be drafted in the top six. Uh, potentially fall out of the top ten. Uh, that's just my experience at these events, and I think you'd concur. There's usually one yep. outlier. Just you know, I remember Barkov going too. A lot of people didn't think that was going to happen, and and it's 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 been a great pick for the Florida Panthers. I would suggest perhaps the most underrated player in the National Hockey League, Alexander Barkov. So uh, as as far as whether Hayton is there or not, I'm not sure, Bob. But I believe, I still have a slight lean that if he is there, even if Ty Smith is also there, that the Oilers are going to step up and select oh, I think I think because of the depth in the second round, there would be lots of justification. We're not, we're not hearing Ty Smith moving into the top ten. We're hearing Barrett Hayton moving into the top ten. Yeah. And to me, that's a sign that there's more people out there that think highly of Hayton. And the other thing is he was buried in the lineup in Sault Ste. Marie, and there is a lot of de- defense depth for the second round of the draft, which would also uh, you know, make it – now the one wild card is if the Oilers traded down a couple spots, you know, I think Hayton would be gone for sure. But I think if Hayton ends up going or Boquist goes in the top ten, I don't think that uh, Ty Smith will be the Oilers' pick at that stage. I think we'll be talking some other guys that I figured would go in the top nine ahead of uh, Smith uh, would be potentially in play if that's the case. So we'll have to like a Bouchard, what you're referring to? Yeah, like an Evan uh, an Evan Bouchard or Oliver Wallstrom in that scenario. Jack, uh, we're going to have her again coming up here in about two hours and twenty minutes. I got to squeeze in uh, Dave Campbell for an Eskimo preview. They're in action tonight against the Hamilton Tigers. Thanks for uh, joining us, and you're buying pizza in fourteen minutes. Look forward to it. All right, that is uh, Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. Speaking of pizza, when we're in Edmonton, it's Royal Pizza. Pizza pasta, so much more. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca. Stop for recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, it's 149 in Edmonton. We've got about five minutes left in the show. We're going to bring Dave Campbell in. He's the radio analyst for the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, we'll have draft coverage basically 4 to 530 and then right into the Eskimo uh, uh, pre-game show with David Morley and a cast of thousands. The Eskimos and the Hamilton Ticats tonight. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm great, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, first question. Are we going to see Johnny Manziel tonight for the Ticats? 
Well, I guess that depends on how well Jeremiah Mazzoli plays. If it's based on last week's performance against the Calgary Stampeders, uh, probably not. Mazzoli was pretty good, 344 yards passing, second most to Mike Riley. Uh, he did not throw a touchdown pass. He did scamper in for a 13-yard touchdown, and he threw a costly interception in the fourth quarter. But um, I, I would I would suspect if Mazzoli keeps up that kind of pace and, and limits the mistakes, we're, we're not going to see Johnny Manziel tonight. All right. Uh, is there going to be pressure at some point in Hamilton to insert Manziel into the lineup? Oh, yeah, I think so. And, and if, especially if the Tiger Cats, who have a very tough schedule to start the season, um, they're playing primarily West teams for the first five or six games. I believe the first five games, it's all the West. And if they get off to a terrible start, like we know Bob East Division teams are prone to do in the CFL, uh, then I think the pressure mounts for Johnny Manziel to, uh, to start. And, you know, it's an interesting conundrum, I think, for the Tiger Cats because, you know, June Jones, who's the head coach, uh, spent a lot of time recruiting Johnny Manziel along with the rest of that organization, but he's showing faith in Jeremiah Mazzoli, and he showed faith in him last year as he took over the starting job for Zach Caleros. But, you know, the, I don't think the Tiger Cats brought Johnny Manziel necessarily to sit on the sidelines uh, during his two-year stint in the CFL as well. So as the losses pile up, if the losses pile up, the pressure is going to mount, and it's up to Jeremiah Mazzoli to try and, you know, keep uh, June Jones thinking about him being the starter so he's got to play well and produce wins, but uh, that's going to be tough over the next few weeks. Okay, for the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, they found a way to get it done last week. It was kind of a bizarre game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I've never been a part of anything like that. Uh, a three-hour delay plus a three-hour game, and it ended up being, uh, no, for Morley and I, an eight-hour night on the air. So that's uh, that's a long haul, and especially for the players. I mean, even more so a long haul for them. So you got to give both teams credit. Uh, for coming out and performing the way they did. Now, it was week one, Bob, and week one usually produces some pretty sloppy football, and we saw it from the Eskimos in all three phases. But when all three phases needed to come to the forefront and play really well in that fourth quarter, they did. I think that's what's encouraging of, about uh, the Eskimos' play last week. All right, give me three keys to success tonight for the Eskimos against Hamilton, Dave. Well, I'd say one is uh, we got to watch that offensive line because uh, Tommy Drehan, their left tackle, is on the six-game injured list one of 13 players on the six-game injured list already for the Eskimos after two weeks in the season. Uh, he's out uh, with a broken thumb, so that's going to produce three changes. Matt O'Donnell's going to play left tackle, so he moves over from uh, right guard to left tackle. David Beard moves from left guard to right guard, and we're going to see the debut of Travis Bond at left guard, and he was a uh, all-star guard, both CFL and Western Division, uh, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, so... That's one area I am looking at. The, the the second area is how that secondary plays against Jeremiah Mazzoli because they're only going to get Aaron Grimes back as far as the veteran goes. Uh, both Johnny Adams and Arjun Colhoun are on the six-game injured list, and they lost Forrest Hightower in practice on Wednesday, and he is on the six-game injured list. And then I think the you know I, I think the third key is is really uh, you know just just try to play more of a sound football game, play more crisp, play more. Uh, Play more clean, or play cleaner, and uh, use that energy off the off the home crowd. It's going to be a big night tonight, Bob. The fifty fifty starts at seventy thousand dollars to commemorate the seventieth anniversary of the Edmonton Eskimos as a football club. Uh, so I think uh, it's a chance for the Eskimos to you know kind of solidify themselves, even though it's early, but uh, come out with a strong performance and, and show some positive signs that this is a threat. That this is a team that is definitely a threat to win the Grey Cup. 
All right, again, uh, we'll have uh, draft coverage beginning at uh, 4 o'clock uh, on 6.30, Chad, and then uh, switching over to the uh, pregame show, basically once the Oilers make their selection at 10, if they make the selection at 10. Yeah, exactly. Right into the Eskimo uh, pregame show. It's the if that I'm wondering about right now, Bob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will be on the air once, the, once we know, uh, you know what the Oilers do, whether they pick, they trade, whatever. So uh, we look forward to uh, our coverage after your coverage. All right, great stuff. That is Dave Campbell. He's the Eskimos radio analyst. Uh, let's go to Listing Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. If you're looking at going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018, New West Travel's got some great rates on these fabulous cruises. A year ago today, the Edmonton Oilers traded Jordan Everly for Ryan Strom. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips. Call the friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, and uh, myself uh, will be on the floor, uh, and we will be going uh, live from uh, 6.30 Chad's NHL draft coverage at the American Airlines Center, 4 p.m. tonight. Again, powered by Fast Track Indoor Karting. It's adrenaline pumping. It's safe. It's fun. Fast Track Indoor Karting, Edmonton.ca. I'll, rejo- I'll rejoin you from the floor when we're re- uh, coming up uh, at 4 o'clock today. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody. Offer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.